super friends with Eric Esquivel. All right, welcome back to Super Friends with Eric Esquivel. I am joined today by my friend, my super friend, Celeste Klaus. Hi, how are you? Excellent, excellent. Celeste, let's tell the people who you are. You're you're a, t- a writer. I am a hopeful cool. writer. <laughs> no, no, you're full-blown. Uh, I am a writer. Yeah, I'm in your class. Yeah. Do people know about your class? They do, but also, but you also, work on like Mr. Robot and stuff? I do, yes. I Well, currently, I'm working on New Girl. Oh, very um, cool. As a writer's assistant. Excellent. A little asterisk. A little there, Jimmy Olsen. It's, yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm Jimmy Olsen. Um, yeah, I've wor- been working on that. Um, worked on that for season six and going back for the last season, I think. Um, but before that, I was a Mr. Robot for the first two seasons Very cool. as well. Um, did a little bit on Narcos. Oh, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So today, appropriately enough, we're talking about the Superman TV show Lois and Clark from 1993, Yay. which is one of the best Superman incarnations probably of all time. I like all it a lot. Time. I like it. I don't feel like I like know how much you love this. Oh my god! I in love relation it. to everything else that you love, that Superman. I, yeah, I have this disease where if something has a red S on it, I can't tell if it's good or not. That's what the whole podcast is about, basically. You're just like, yep. This is a great Lois Lane story, which is why this one is different from most. Lois and Clark, her name comes first. She actually appears first in the pilot episode we're talking about today. So She does. I love it. It's so... I don't, it, like I never, th- I never realized that's what the case was, because it was so long ago that I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think... Like, I was five years old when this uh, came out. It came out in 1993. Yeah, so. that was, not to make, yeah, that <laughs> seems like so long ago. Um, but I always, like, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of my favorite shows of all time. And I Excellent always, taste. like, think of that when I'm like, oh, these, like, female role models I had growing up. And I'm like, that was the one. And sure, then sure. I'm like, actually, I watched this way before everything else. Yeah. And, like, she was super kick-ass. So. It was great. And it was, uh, I think as a kid, you don't know that that's not the case with genre fiction, too. You're just like, oh, of course, it's the female-fronted thing. Like, why wouldn't it be? They're half the population. Exactly. I like it a lot. Deborah Joy Levine was the creator of Lois and yes, Clark. Yes, which I looked her up, too, and I, like, didn't know... Did you know many of the other things she did? I knew. Did you ever watch Early Edition? Yes, I did. I used to love that show. <laughs> so that was a magical realist show, too, where a guy got a newspaper early, and then he would try to use that to go save the day. Like, oh, I said there's a bus crash full of nuns. I have to go find the nuns and tell them not to go on the bus today. And it was like, when it, I think God gave him the newspaper. There was like an angel or something. It just like, yeah, like every morning he'd open his door and it would be there. Yeah, like just yeah. on the floor. Pretty and, good premise. Uh, was that was it Kyle Chandler who was I have no idea. I have this like memory that it was Kyle Chandler and I could be a hundred percent wrong. I want that to be the case for you. But I hope that is true. I hope it was like Chris Rock. <laughs> I really have no idea. <laughs> if it were Chris Rock, I'm doing a rewatch of that for sure. <laughs> like Dawson's Creek she worked on too. Yes, the pilot of Dawson's Creek. That was the mm. only other thing I really knew. But yeah, everything else um, looks like hot garbage for sure. But yeah. this was great. Yeah. She it, only did the first season too. Yeah, and then she she bounced. Which I, I don't know why. Did you, just listen, did you uh, listen to the commentary for the pilot? I sure did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I didn't want them to get together till the fifth season, but after I left, they got together and like, real fast, and she was like- And then it got canceled. Talking smack. So, hmm. I like that it was created by a woman because there's a lot of changes in the Superman story that you wouldn't see like in a Smallville or in like a Zack Snyder movie in particular. Like, Well, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's even like there's some tricky symbolism like in the beginning. We see it opens up on a guy with a beard and a hat and he's like marching in the daily planet office and he's very gruff and we see that's actually lois in disguise like she tears off her beard and she's like this beautiful shampoo commercial hair cascading down. oh my god her hair in the show is perfect by the <laughs> way like never out of place that's insane um, the yeah. so there's that like 
very clear like oh this is a female story like or a female like friendly space in genre fiction and that was cool yes and then all the like ancillary characters turn out to be women too like whenever they cut to a newspaper reporter or like a television broadcaster or a scientist it's always a woman and that's not the case in smallville you know what? So I wish I had seen more Smallville too. Like mm. they really, they're no. I don't know how. I know people got really sick. I think of Lana. Yeah. Right? If that's the case. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. me sad. But um, <laughs> yeah, me. no. I wish I'd seen more of that. So I can't like talk to that at all. But um, even like uh, his mom, I feel like in this, like yeah. she's not just like the doting mother like you see her for the first time and she's like an artist and has like she's like a sculptor and yeah. like, has her own things going on that's like totally sweet for like you know so it's not just like oh she's you know just like bacon like, apple pie exactly yeah. yeah she's not just like so this southern this southern mother who like all she cares about is like being on the farm and yeah you know, yeah doting on her son i and... guess that actress auditioned in like a pink adidas tracksuit yeah and, like, running shoes and was jogging the whole time and she's like, this is the modern 90s mrs kent and the rest of them were all like people that were like in their hundreds wearing like little house in the prairie outfits and stuff like, little and... floral dresses yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i thought that was really this. neat um, so this, yeah, there's a lot of things in this uh, show that I really appreciated. Um, the fact that Clark, I don't think Clark went to college in this version. Like after high school, he just traveled the world. Yeah. Which is very I cool. love that touch that they added. Like every time he's like, there's some relevant thing that he learned from some person like over in Cambodia that yeah. he met through. Like, you know, like it's just like totally random things. And you're like, who are you? And like, how, <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you do during the time we didn't know you? I love that because it shows that he went to go meet the world that he wants to save. And he was trying to find his place in the place that it was Metropolis. That's where he belonged the whole time. But he went off to like, yeah, Borneo and all these places. And when I think when Perry White is giving his first interview, he has like high blood pressure and Clark recommends like chew on some guava root man yeah he's like, like a whole foods that's employee so normal. <laughs> he's totally a whole foods employee <laughs> and then like three scenes later like perry white's chewing on some guava leaf yeah yeah it's great <laughs> a very worldly uh, Clark kind which is the opposite of what i knew him as as like a little farm boy from the the chris reeves movies yes so which i like feel it's weird because i feel like that was always like even though this was the first thing i ever saw that like the Christopher Reeve movies are just like set the bar for everything. Of course, of course. For I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure we all agree. Like those are the staple Superman. Pretty great. Um, but so like every time I would see these new movies come out, like all the Zack Snyder stuff with like Henry Cavill, I'm like, why is it that I don't love Henry Cavill? Like there's so m- there's yeah. reasons, but like the big thing I was like, Superman's supposed to be this like clumsy dude and whatever, because I'm like that's what Christopher Reeve was. Yeah, yeah. And then rewatching this, I'm like. Actually, like, Dean Kane is, like, super confident and super, like, witty, and, like, he's the total opposite of that, and yet he, like, epitomizes Superman in every way that I would think he should. Yeah, it's very much a Clark first story. Where yes. It, he's, he's not Superman until the end of the first episode, and, like, he hasn't been going out around in the tights and stuff. He's just a good man. He's just trying to be the best person he can be, and that's really exciting. Like we said, traveling around, and we see him using his powers to help the common man. Like, there's a point where a theater is going to get demolished. Oh, I love that scene And he uses so his much. heat vision to overheat the engine and the wrecking ball so he can go, like, help this this lady perform the last play at this uh, this theater that's getting burned down. And He just has, like, this massive heart, and he's like, oh, I love it so much. And it's, so, it's just so cool because I feel like in every case before this, the story was about Superman, and, like, mm-hmm. Superman is so not the, like... The focal point of this, it's all about Clark. Yeah, And yeah. it's all about, like, he's just, um, what am I trying to say? He, he normally, Clark is, like, the alter ego mm-hmm. for Superman. And in this, it's, like, Superman is 
the alter ego of Clark. And it's like, how does it's more interesting to see him be an everyday guy and trying to fit into normal life than yeah. seeing him fight crime. Because we all know like Superman's going to win every fight. <laughs> like we yeah, like you should bet on him. Probably. Doing huge scenes of like action with him. It's kind of pointless because like anytime he struggles, you're like, I, I don't buy that. Yeah. And that was, <laughs> so. I guess, Deborah's pitch for the show is that it's the opposite of the radio and the cartoon where they're like Superman disguised as Clark Kent, where this is Clark Kent disguised as Superman. Exactly. That's really cool. I, I like the, that this Clark character. Um, it's sort of a Romeo and Juliet story, too. It's such a rom-com in a weird way, which I was reading an article. Uh, I read the review from Variety for mm. the pilot oh, like, from 93. Oh, my gosh. I had to because I was just like, I wonder what they thought about the time. And like the first thing it says is like the special effects are amazing. And like, I'm just like, oh, With the MS <laughs> I hope you weren't banking on that for like, you know, longevity. But uh, yeah, the big thing that they actually said that they like because they liked it, but mm. they said that they were worried because he didn't show up as Superman till the last act of the pilot. Yeah. And I was like, I actually feel like that would have been a mistake to do that. Any absolutely. Sooner. Yeah, absolutely. It's very modern to do that though. Like that's the that's the new like Brian Bendis Spider Man model. That's that's how you do it now is you get us to care about your character first. Right. And I feel like I- I know this, we're talking Lois and Clark, but like Superman Returns mm-hmm. is another movie that like I feel like gets a lot of flack from people, sure, sure. a lot because it doesn't have these like giant action scenes and like it's Make just a character study. Bro. And yeah. I'm like, I actually think that's so much more interesting when you're just like following Clark the character. And this is, I mean, it's like literally just about like him and Lois being reporters, and then like this, he happens to be Superman. So. Absolutely, yeah. And there's like very strong changes to, to the mythology and like. There's no Fortress of Solitude, which I really, uh, as a kid, it freaked me out because I love that part of the mythos. I know. But I as love an the adult, like, I love that they made that choice for this show because we see him in his crappy apartment, Superman paying rent. In this, I think he's like living in a hotel when he first lives there. Oh, it's there. terrible. It's like a little like studio. Yeah. Like worse than apartments you see in LA. And, <laughs> and, and it's so tiny. He's like walking up the walls because he's just bored and there's no like space to, to even pace around on. And that was really fun. Him yes. using his powers, bored home alone is very cute. Did you see, so they, did you see how they did that too? Yeah. The rotating room. Yeah. That was so cool. Very awesome. The, you know, the Fortress of Solitude thing though, because I have watched on since binging this after we decided we were going to do this um so they do like do a little nod to it later in the season oh cool but it's not like at all anything like from you know richard donner's movie or anything like that it's literally the name of his treehouse when he was a child oh that's the fortress of solitude so like making it all about clark again rather than just i love that right and because this clark wants to be part of humanity like really badly His, his whole reason for being is that he wants to be like around folks when he works at the daily planet he's not a crime guy like he usually is he does human interest stories so he yeah. interacts with people one-on-one in non-spectacular ways, just trying to figure out what human beings are like and what our motivations are and if he can relate, and he always can. But it's him trying to like connect with humanity. And that makes so much sense that that would be the Clark element, that it's a grounding character. Yeah, and I don't even think, because um, again, watching on a little bit, like he doesn't even know in the pilot that he's from Krypton. Like He doesn't know what exactly happened, like why he showed up. Yeah. What, so like it, he is like under the impression that something's different but Mm -hmm. like that he is human in a way so like yeah i don't know it's so good very cool i love that he he borrows money from his mom and dad (laughs) and like in the first and the first act like he calls home to check in with them to see how things are going and he's sort of like hinting that times are tough and pa's like i'll send the money's in the mail and he's like no no you don't have to and he's like the money's in the mail he's like oh oh, well thanks 
He's so humanizing. Like the idea that he's not grinding coal in the diamonds with his bare hands. But right. He's like home to his dad. <laughs> Which he could. So cute. <laughs> he totally could do that. And also the uh, the super intelligence is back in the Lois and Clark. Like he's very, very smart. And he, he has a photographic memory. And he has all these like these hometown recipes for stuff like we said the guava root from the, the tribe in Borneo he hung out with. And yes. In, in the modern era, when they have him with Batman and the Justice League all the time, they tie down, they like really play down how smart he is, because it, it's oh. it gives something for Batman to do then. And I like that this version uh. of Clark is just like whip smart, like whip, yeah. I was reading, I don't even know what I was reading, but at one point that like. It's interesting because they keep they always want to make like Batman the smart one, but like Batman is just like very clever. Yeah. And Superman's like smart. Like yeah. it's the, you know, like there there's differences in that in the little change yeah. of a word, you know. Like Superman will build robots and stuff. Like he has this right. Tonian intelligence, but Bruce Wayne just thinks of things Clark never would. Like Clark would never hit someone in the throat. Like he would never look for someone else's uh, Achilles heel. Like no. Bruce is sort of like this darker, I'm gonna go to places you wouldn't, and that's why he's like he's effective. But yeah, Superman's definitely a smarter guy for sure. He has an alien intelligence. And he's also like, people are good first and foremost. And like, until you prove me wrong, like, you know, like yeah, even yeah. what was it in the pilot where they were talking to, um, they were talking to the woman. I don't, I'm getting ahead of myself. But so there's like a space <laughs> launch, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, they're all worried that this uh, spaceship's been sabotaged. And so they're like investigating this. Um and the woman, the first woman in the interview, like, Lois is immediately, like, pessimist, like, that she's hiding something, she's not telling us the truth, and, like, mm. Clark's initial reaction is just to be like, what? Like, sometimes people are just good, can't you, like, just believe that, you know, yeah, yeah. she wants, like, people are decent and, you know, want to tell the truth, and she's like, Clark, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so it has this, like, such a charm to him. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's twofold, right? Because he, he believes that, certainly, but he's also nervous that Lois looks beneath the surface. And I yep. think that he's a little bit like, oh, what are you going to see in me? So there's there's two reasons for that dialogue. Oh, that's so true. And that's really fun. Yeah, I didn't like, think about that. Yeah. And we're He's talking about Superman. Oh, Superman's so great. <laughs> we were talking about Ma and Pa earlier. It's interesting that Pa is alive in this version. Yeah. You know, in the movies, like we were mentioning, uh, his father dying and him becoming the father is a very important theme. And in this, that's not the case, which is right. also the case. Uh, the comics in that time, Pa was around too. They had I was going to say, I didn't read the like, I, I wanted to know your take on that because I know they like did. I'm so I'm so bad because the only like Superman comic I've actually read was All Star Superman. Oh, it's great though. And it, That's a great yeah, one. and I'm trying to like get into reading more of them because I've always like just watched the shows and cool. the movies. And uh, weirdly though, this this show made me buy my first Superman comic way back when, like oh, the yeah? first comic I ever bought because I was watching the show. Awesome. And so I had my dad like specially take me to a comic book store so I could look around and like buy like two Superman comics. <laughs> I don't even know what they were about. Oh, like, no. I, like you didn't keep them and frame them. I and... have the one, but I haven't read it. it like I should read it. They were um, cool, and they also really communicated with DC back in the day. Like the Superman offices and, and these the writers' room uh, would talk back and forth, and like yeah. And, and this show uh, later on in the series, Lois and Clark get married. Right. Spoiler alert! I should have said it beforehand. Whoops. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that okay. wasn't the case in the comics ever. And uh, and when it ha- when they announced that, like when they said that it was going to happen internally, then DC had them get married in the comics like a month before, just so that it wasn't so cool. received poorly by fans. Like they don't do that in the books. They like they helped out the writers in the show by doing that by be- like beating them to the punch. Because comic book fans are super hardcore. Yeah, they will yeah. be angry with you if you like mess up that mythology. <laughs> They'd flip a car and burn dumpsters and stuff. It is crazy though that like until then, which was what 90 like by the time this ended it was like 97 yeah or something like yeah, yeah. superman started way back when and like until now <laughs> like until then they didn't get married like they weren't yeah. a 
thing. You know, like that's crazy how long that took. Yeah, we had like occasional Earth Two imaginary stories where they're like, "What right. if?" Off when like Superman had white temples and stuff, but not not in like the main continuity book. They were still like, it was the will they won't they. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it was interesting to have uh, marriage be an adventure for Lois and Clark. There's as many stories there as there is with like single life. And totally. Yeah, that was a, a good addition. So yeah, I don't know. Having Pa around was interesting. I liked Ma a lot. I thought she could have maybe held that spot by herself like designing this costume and i'm going back to see her and pa's sort of a curmudgeon he is especially in the first season and they're always like it's really good because they're always just like together doing everything so mm-hmm. like if they're talking to him on the phone they're both on the phone yeah. with him or like like ever like they never separate which mm-hmm. is adorable but yeah i think you're right like she probably could have taken that role because but i i don't know like i do love that he has the both of them though so like i don't i don't know which one i would like better but it, yeah like i agree with you the whole like mythology of like his dad like dying and like that's the one thing he can't stop from happening like it is so important to so many of the other stories mm-hmm. but like in this one it's like it didn't need it yeah it's interesting because usually his his pa dies and then he, that's the man that he's been like studying to become just like and then there's no one else to study in Kansas, so he leaves Smallville to go travel or to go to Smallville, and like I mean, or to go to Metropolis, and then Perry White becomes the new father figure, and they sort of do that again here, but then it's just a it's just a bigger cast, and there's I guess there's more to do, and for a TV show, it's it's good to have more options. Right, gives you a little more. Perry White also yeah is amazing. Let's talk about Perry. <laughs> he is my Perry White for all times. Awesome. Like I think whenever I think that he's the only one I think of when I think <laughs> Perry White, which is like. I don't know. He's so good, though. And he's so I was listening to the commentary and they were saying, like, because he was from the South and stuff. So they like changed some of his uh, dialogue, like the whole like Great Shades of Elvis. Like he's a super like big Elvis fan now. And like, that's how he talks. And that's like they use the actors (laughs) like mannerisms and, you know, uh, like cadence. Yeah. Like just to bring that into the character. And it. He's so great. It's the best. Yeah, because in the comics he says Great Shade or uh, Great Caesar's Ghost. Right. Great and he Caesar's Ghost. Caesar all the time, but submitted Elvis, which is pretty adorable. I love it. I lo- yeah, he and he's like a big teddy bear too, but like you're also he he's still the boss. So, you know, like, I don't know. They did a really good job with him. And I love that Lois though is just like I like don't care. Like you can tell me all these things you want, <laughs> but I, at the end of the day I'm gonna do the story the way I want to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, she's so not uh she's like very and I don't want to say like not pleasant because she is but like she just doesn't care and she has this like headstrongness to her yeah yeah it's not a word and Perry very much represents like old school masculinity like he's sort of yelling at everybody and barrel chested and kind of like gruff and blowhard and she just breezes right through it. I think the first time we see Lois Lane it's uh Clark is or, or, or close with Clark is that Clark's in um for his first interview with the planet and she comes in and she's just denying a story that he assigned to her and she's like I have a better one and then Clark hears that, and he goes and he writes a story that she was supposed to write, and that's how she get, that's how he gets in the paper, which is awesome for Clark. Yeah. I like that he's observant, but he sees her and immediately he's like gobsmacked, and that's it's very much like a, a meet, cute rom com thing, like you yes. were saying. Well, and she's um, like immediately just like, who is this guy? Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> what? And then when he gets assigned to work with her, she's like, absolutely not. And then like the, I love the second they leave Perry's office after they've been assigned to work together for mm-hmm. the first time, and she's just like laying down the rules, like this is how it's gonna go. I'm in charge like this is my story you're just there I'll ask the questions like (laughs) oh it's so awesome she has that line too where she's like he's from Smallville I couldn't make that up that's such a great line right (laughs) it's not making fun of the material it's like Lois would feel that way exactly she's very relatable 
Yeah, there's a real like kind of element of play in this that there isn't in some of the stuff. Like like the Zack Snyder movies we're talking about, where it's all very dire and, and scary and science so fiction. Dark. This is very much like kind of playful and cutesy. And I really like that tone. Superman is a strong character because you can put him in any situation and have it, that story flourish. And that was a, a unique thing for me as a kid to see this banter back and forth. It's like his girl Friday or something. Yes, which I I miss that in um, Man of Steel so much because like I mean like they're both great actors and like Amy Adams is great, but that's the one thing I think is not the one thing. There's several things, but I won't go too far. <laughs> every episode, every guest, <laughs> we just shit on them. <laughs> I'm so sad. Like I mean, like I'm sure there, there's like good stuff too. I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but like they don't have that banter and that like chemistry that is so great and all the other things. Like even in um, Richard Donner Superman, mm. like Margot Kidder is amazing. And yeah. like with Christopher Reeve, like the two of them playing off of each other, like that so makes great. that relationship and like, kind of like makes the movie. And yeah. so to see that in this show too, like it's such a great thing for a TV series and like the longevity of Absolutely. telling story after story. It's like it's about these two people and like and she's his only formidable opponent. She's the only person in his life that can stop him just from force of will. She's like, no, I've got this one, Smallville. And right. Like, like, Metallo can't do that. Lex Luthor can't do that. But, like, this little Lois Lane can. And she's bigger than her body. Gives her credit for John Mayer style. Worst <laughs> joke ever. But, yeah, I, I love this character. And she also, like, gives him grief where she goes to his uh, apartment later in the episode. And she sees his refrigerator just full of, like, candy and soda pop. And he, she says, uh, you eat like an eight-year-old, but you look like this. And gestures to his, like, Adonis shirtless hairless body yeah it's just perfect it's so funny he's very dreamy <laughs> i don't know if he's still now but back then man he looks the same Kane. does he look the same he's in supergirl now and he's like that's Supergirl's right he, is, dad. he does look he's like filled out a little bit but he's definitely oh, i love that they were both they were both in supergirl yeah very cool um very cool. so you, yeah. you were uh you said dean kane is dreamy can you speak to dreamy. your uh impression when you're a little girl of dean kane did you He's he's your Superman, you said. He was yeah. I think until I saw, which I didn't see Superman the movie until I think I was in high school. Oh wow, which is kind of a travesty. Um, <laughs> it should be mandatory. When you're I okay. know it should just be like you like you're born, you leave the hospital with a Superman DVD. Yeah, it's part of like um, citizenship courses. Yes, and... <laughs> <laughs> um, it should be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's a great idea. What's more, America. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I think but he was my first Superman, so I. Yeah, even to this day, I think, like, back to, like, just rewatching all the episodes, like, because I forgot so much of it, too. But, like, instantly, it's like you feel that, like, charm and that, like, he, I don't know, there's just this, like, familiarity about him, mm -hmm, too, mm -hmm. because he's so relatable mm. that it's not, like, it makes him dreamier. Like, it's not, he's obviously super attractive. Like, let's, <laughs> <But> <laughs> let's there's a be warmth real. To them too. But there, yes. And he, like, he's kind of nerdy, like, when he has the glasses on. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's more about the fact that you're right. Like, you're saying he's smart. He's, like, very, very good to Lois, too. Yeah, like, yeah. It, he's so sweet with her. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that then becomes, like, this is how, like, guys are. Like, this is how a man should be, like, kind of yeah, thing, yeah. you know? Like, I don't know how you felt as, like, a boy growing up seeing Superman and, like, yeah, what I that... Yeah, I absolutely love the Clark character and the fact that he was very respectful of, of Lois and, and, like, trying to find his space. Like, he's he's the new guy at the planet. And he's not just, like, bulldozing through everybody. He sort of, like, listens. Even to Jimmy, he's sort of, like, yeah, he's opened everything. And it was, like, it was, uh, it was 90s, like, hopefully new masculinity versus the old Perry White kind of, like, 
blowhard thing, and I really liked that as a kid. Uh, it's really cool that he's the first like biracial character to or actor to play Clark Kent. So yes, he's he's like quarter Japanese, and he's like Caucasian and Japanese. And did you listen to the commentary? Yeah, let's track? talk about we this talk, first. We're like, <laughs> De- Deborah Joy Levine, who's the great creator of this show, has said something horribly stupid where she was like, you know, he's he's Asian, so he's like a vaguely kind of like, I don't want to say alien, but alien quality. She's like, when he came in and read, like, I just like, like, there was something about his eyes. And you're like, oh my God, you're not really saying that <laughs> it was right amazing. now. Yeah, she's like, your, your I don't Asian know what eyes, it was. <laughs> she's like, it makes you look more like soulful and like ancient and wise. And he's like on the commentary with her, just like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, is he really offended right now? Oh, or is he just so like, funny. of course. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And then later on when he's shirtless and she's like complimenting him, he's like, yeah, you know, those Japanese like genetics, like uh, that's what's why I'm, I'm hairless, but I got abs. Like he's just keeping he kind of plays it up later on making fun of her and she doesn't catch it at all like oh, oh casual racism it's I'm so glad good. he made it made it okay i guess it's not okay but, uh, she uh, keeps saying like you know he's not the typical all-american superman like why because he's because he's not asian <laughs> like is, is immigration is that yeah, Superman's an immigration story that's the entire point exactly. of it it's the guy from krypton so I, yeah i don't know where they uh, there's nothing more American. times have changed and people <laughs> I think have learned a little. I hope so. I would I hope, hope so. that wouldn't be on the commentary for like Man of Steel now if that oh were the God. case if like Henry Cavill was like <laughs> an eighth like Cherokee or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. And they're yeah. like, yeah, he just had this quality that made him like American. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. They also said he was like the youngest person that uh, auditioned for the role. He was the first person that auditioned mm-hmm. and like Immediately, I guess Deborah turned to her casting director and was like, I asked for Superman, not Superboy. Oh, snap. That's <laughs> and a then, burn. like, they saw a ton of other people. And then, like, at the end of the day, it was like, well, this one guy was really great. And, like, all these girls, I think he'd been on, like, 90210 yep. or something. Yep, yep. And so, like, he's like, all these girls are lined up to see Gene Kane. And she's like, <laughs> well, I guess maybe that was what we should have gone with from the start. I guess she uh, pitched him and Kevin Sorbo to the network. Those were her two suggestions. Kevin Sorbo. And he played oh Hercules later on. Yes. But that was that was her, like, this is a real man. And then if you want a heartthrob, here's the other little boy. And they chose him. Funny <laughs> enough, he's also been on Supergirl, mm-hmm. Kevin Sorbo, with Terry Hatcher, yeah. where they were married Oh, that's Supergirl. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. So I guess that could, that's the alternate reality of Lois and Clark there. Oh, Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> yeah. So funny. <laughs> yeah. I only know him in modern in the modern era from being like super uh, like conspiracy minded and crazy and stuff. He's like, yeah. To say he's right wing would be an insult to right wing people. He's he's uh, <laughs> he's one of those like birther creepy he's guys. Like an extremist. But... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's also Hercules, so it's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I just I love the Clark aspects in this. Uh it's uh the first I don't know. I don't know. Lex Luthor is great too. It's the first time that we ever had a Lex that had hair. Yes. Like like legitimately not a wig hair. He's like a, a very handsome, capable foe for Clark Kent, and that's really cool too. And it's cool too because it's interesting to see Lois, who's like this super determined, like strong woman. But yet, when Lex Luthor becomes around, she kind of becomes this, like, do I want a guy to take care of me sort of thing, which is, like, no, like, you don't want to, like, fall into that. But, like, it's just, like, one more instance of him being, like, this villain of, like, he's, like, yes, he loves, he, like, falls in love with Lois later on, but, like, he's not good for her. Mm -hmm. He's not good in general. Like, you know, like, it's interesting to see that dynamic of, like, Lois, who's been, like, I'm 
I'm the boss of every story we do. I'm like take charge. And then like she like just melts around him and you're like, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And like we talk about in the class that you take at Meltdown that I teach the women is temptress Ooh. arc. Yeah. Or, or like a little little uh, point on the Campbell structure. Hero's uh, journey. Lex Luthor is the temptress in the Lois Lane story. Like you're saying, trying to like, yes. bring, he's like just be barefoot in the kitchen. Stop doing all this reporter yeah. stuff. Like I'll take baby girl. I got this. I got all the money. We can yeah. have like a big house together and like yeah. I can come home to you. And she's like, what? I love it. I love it. Because <laughs> Clark and Superman make her want to be a better woman. And then Lex sort of tells her that it's okay to be complacent and, and sort of like settle down and, and just settle in general. And I like that pull yeah. between those two pol- those like polar opposites. He's like supposed to be this prize for her, for like any woman in Metropolis, I mm. guess. But then you realize like that's not what you sh- like. I guess you could want that, but that's not what who she is, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. And, and he wants to control her, but it's a passive way where it's just like he, he controls the world around her. And I think Clark is like... Superman and Clark both like look to her for help with adventures and they, they like she's an equal partner and yes so, yeah that's clearly the way to go he, I, and he left after season one too oh yeah yeah he well I don't know if, spoiler alert I guess for the end of season one but he dies no <laughs> yeah he literally jumps off a building so good. and like Superman's just been um, hurt with kryptonite so he can't jump and fly and save him so like he like is about to get arrested and he's like I'm not gonna I'm not going to jail like you'll never take me and like jumps off the building and dies and that's the end of John Shea as Lex Luthor and you're just like what (laughs) I remember that because they play a little bit at like could Superman have saved him like he's weakened but like did he not want to catch him it's very Batman Begins yes yeah yeah I love his turn as Lex in this though it was super great like I there's that point in this episode where he has he hires a guy to try to kill him every night. Oh my god, that uh, is my favorite <laughs> favorite scene in the whole pilot. Oh my god, yeah, describe it please in detail. It's terrible, oh but god. awesome. Um, so <laughs> because Lex wants to be super powerful and feel like he's basically a god, mm-hmm. he has his um. I don't, servant he's just generically assistant. foreign oh terrible stereotypes <laughs> like ridiculous stereotype of like like he's got like a turban and it's like oh very yeah, back to like, the it's racist like a, it's like thing a turban like, under a sombrero under yeah it's oh my just God. generically foreign and so it's so racist but anyway so um he has him release a cobra oh, so unbeknownst bad. to him like i feel like this was just planned to like happen at any time or like he's just sitting there smoking a cigar in front of the fire and yeah, yeah. his manservant like lets this <laughs> cobra go and just slither into the room and the cobra like arches up at lex and he turns oh and just stares the cobra down yeah yeah and like a tear falls down his cheek yeah because he refuses <laughs> to blink because they're having a staring contest yeah. so then john shay actually starts crying which is the coolest scene in any tv show that's ever been made and then the cobra like sees how evil he is and respects him and like gives him like a gangster nod and then just and then leaves the way he came in through the door <laughs> like, oh my god this is the best thing ever oh, i love I, superman oh, he scared a cobra it's away the greatest thing yeah so then he uh, lights up a stogie and then sits back and it's uh, like his his relief is orgasmic. Yes. And speaking of orgasmic relief, let's take a break. Oh, okay. And hear from our sponsors. Sounds good. Awesome. All right, and we're back. We're back. So Yay. let's keep talking about Lex Luthor because he's the best character in the show, probably. I love John Shea's portrayal. Oh, he's so good. So, uh, yeah, he also. So you're saying he he dies in the in the season. So he dies at the end of the season, so which good. but they did. Um, 
so at the end of the season, he dies. And then there's like newspaper headlines like, look, Lex Luthor dead. And then there's another headline that's like Lex Luthor's body missing from morgue. So you're like, oh, like, is he dead? But like they never even comment on it. It's really quick. And then like I think the last headline after that is like Lex Luthor and Elvis spotted in wherever. Like, you know, like you're just like, oh, okay, like conspiracy theorists like make your story yeah yeah and in the comics uh, they did a thing where like lex died in the books and then lex jr came back and he had like this long mane of kevin sorbo hair and like billowing and like lex just cloned a younger body for himself so he could date supergirl and it was this creepy horrible thing so that's so creepy maybe they're like leading to that in the books or something maybe they do but okay. i like a lot that uh lex is just donald trump in this show oh my god he's you're just... so right <laughs> he has this thing called lex tower and it's he's like it's the biggest building in metropolis for no reason just because i want everyone to look up and see me <laughs> And then Superman later on in the, in, the, in the episode is like, well, if you ever want to find me, Lex, just, uh, you know, look up. And he's like, no. <laughs> well, he also, because like later on, again, more spoilers, but later on, um, the planet goes under after he, like he buys the, the plan is doing bad mm. because of him yeah because yeah. he's you know doing whatever manipulation nonsense. he can do. So he buys the planet. It like explodes. And then um, rather than like collect rather than use the insurance to, like, rebuild it, he's like, well, now, like, Lex News Network, like, Lois, mm-hmm. come work for that and, like, create. So it's, like, the whole, like, I'm going to have my own media and, like, mm-hmm. we're going to control everything everybody reads. And, like, it's yeah. so relevant, I yeah, guess, yeah. which is Rupert Murdoch, scary. Trumpy, yeah. <laughs> it's a scary, like, prequel to the world as it is. <sighs> and that's why I've, I've always loved the Superman story because it was designed as a counter-narrative. You know, like, the, the term Superman, it comes from Ubermensch, which is what the Nazis were calling themselves, and it was two Jewish... Jewish kids in Detroit that were like, we're going to reclaim that word and show that a Superman, a real man, is actually someone who like defends the weak and who uh, protects everyone. And it's an immigration story. And like they mm-hmm. recontextualize that Nazi word. And Hitler actually like spoke out against these two 16 year old kids. Against Superman? Against the, the two but, like, Jewish against, kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. Like he actually bummed Gosh, out I didn't Hitler. Know that. That's a, that is so great. <laughs> it's so awesome. It, it was a counter narrative to begin with. And then so now in the modern era, it's the same way. Like you have this. This Lex Luthor guy being like macho and boisterous and just throwing money around and being like a total jerk and trying to control the media and control thoughts and like Superman opposes that and it's again like it's it's a better version of masculinity and it's a better role model for human beings in general and for Americans and yes. like I like that it's still it's always a relevant story and it always opposes tyranny and it's always like this candy coated bullet for culture. Like it looks like it's just junk food, but then like as a kid watching this or reading this, like you absorb these things and maybe you grow up and you don't become Rupert Murdoch. Right. And you saw this Lex Luthor story arc. And it's like immigration. Like, you know, like the whole idea I feel like is so, I feel like that's why now too with these Zack Snyder movies is because they're so dark and they're so like Superman's always supposed to be like this beacon of hope for people. And like in this day and age, I feel like you need that Superman story more than anything. Like the dark stuff is great. And like you could do that. But like, I just want like that bright story again so i think like rewatch go rewatch lois and clark i guess is what i'm saying yeah yeah (laughs) and even in this story there's darkness like the world around him is changing it's the 90s and it's very like yeah times are shifting and and, like uh we mentioned that the beginning his first story ever covers is that like this beloved old um uh like playhouse in, in metropolis is getting bulldozed down for more like useless lex condos and like there's darkness in that world but clark is always bright Mm-hmm. And that's how you tell a Superman story. You show that like being happy and positive and and just like a, a good person is actually rebellious in a world that is like based on entropy and negativity. Like to be Superman is to, it's the most rebellious thing in the world. It's more so than Batman by like tenfold. It's yeah, you're you have this optimism that 
just infects other people. Like Lois needs that yeah. too. Like because she is the counter to that in the story, but like you see it like affect her as well. And it's like how like you realize why she needs Clark and mm-hmm. why she you know not just Superman, but like because he gives her this like outlook on life that she so desperately needs. Yeah, yeah. And I think all the characters too. Like Jimmy, and uh, in, in this version, he was a. Uh, he went to juvenile hall when he was a kid. Like he's uh-huh. picking locks and doors, and he has this shady history. And Clark shows him that it doesn't matter like where you came from, it matters where you're going. And that's a very American idea. It's, it's like leave the past behind and just go forward. It's very very cool. Yeah, I love the Superman story, as you can tell. I this know. is amazing. <laughs> you know what else is cool about um, this season in particular is talking about like Lex Luthor and all that. Is that all the villains in this season are very much like real normal criminals? Yeah. Which is not like I was. I haven't watched them again for a while, so I don't know how crazy it gets. But I know like seasons two through four, it's a lot of more of like the these like villains with superpowers sure, who sure. like come after Lois and Clark. Whereas like in season one, it's Lois and Clark getting themselves into trouble mm-hmm. with ordinary people, and so I feel like that too with the whole like making Superman the alter ego and Clark as the hero is. That's how they're fighting like normal people like themselves, and so like if he yeah. was too like all powerful, then it wouldn't be, be as grounded. And it, yeah, and he would be a bully. He'd be outclassed. But this is like Lois Lane leading him to where like the world actually needs change. Mm-hmm. And for a story about two reporters having st- stuff ripped from the headlines makes a bunch of sense, right? Yeah. And, like even in the pilot, I think they're talking about there's a space station. Uh, th- that's the big like MacGuffin in, in the episode is like who's going to control the space station? Is it is it Lex or is it the UN? And like that was something that was happening in the '90s. We we're talking about like uh, because there's less grav or zero gravity in space, you can isolate different parts of uh, viruses and genes that you couldn't on Earth. So right. Like, so you like medical advancements and all these yeah. things that could happen, and who's going to control that? Yeah, it's, it's a real real headline stuff. Again. Yeah, so very cool. <laughs> Felt relevant. Which give it, yeah, they had so many stories throughout the season for that, just it's, because it was like what was going on in in the time. And like if you're just doing these superhero stories like as the central conflict, then mm-hmm. it's like you lose all of that human like he, I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. Yeah. Anyways. No, no, yeah. I think yeah, that's a great point. Because if you're uh, Words if you're are escaping me. If you're trying to if you're telling a story about survival where people are coming after Superman all the time, it's survival horror. It's the Walking mm-hmm. Dead. It's the Walking Dead, yeah. And superheroes have to defend people who like if they chose to just stay at home, then like they would not be in danger. But they make the choice to go out and to, to do something heroic and like it's that choice that makes them superheroes and not just general protagonists. Yes. So I like they really nailed that in season one of this for sure. Absolutely. Is there are there lessons from this show that you like internalized as a kid that you apply to writing now? Do you think? That I apply to writing. I think the like kind of just everything we've been talking about with the like what is the human story of it? Sure. Um I think so often now people are reliant on like plot. Right? Like writers are reliant on plot and like what's the flashy thing we can do? Mm-hmm. And like yes, that's important, but at the end of the day it's like a story about character and like do you want to be with these people for you know in this case four years mm-hmm. um and like why why are we caring about them and like with this pilot especially like just like the fact that he's not superman till the end of the pilot like it's all about like him trying to fit in in this world and that's such a human story and you spend so much time building these characters and building the relationship between him and Lois and like who's Jimmy Olsen and yeah. who's Perry White and like all these people that are in this new station, not just the fact that they're reporters, like mm-hmm. it's about them as people. Um, and I think that I've brought 
to how I write, I think. Yeah. Even if that was like subconsciously, like, you know, like stayed in my head. But um, I feel like that's such an important thing as a writer to remember, like it's about your characters first and foremost. Absolutely. That's great. That's a great point. Are there any uh, like aspects of your of your life that's not uh, your writer persona that Superman or Lois Lane has has affected you? I know your your story you're writing in my class is really great. It's about <laughs> yourself, and it's, it seems like a kind of a plucky Lois Lane type character. It is a little bit. Did you yeah. internalize anything uh, in your real life from Lois? And well, Clark? I think the like I said, I think it, I was so young when it happened. Like when I watched this, I was like so I was five when it started, and I was probably like nine or ten when it ended. Yeah. Um, so like I think all these things just like stayed with me. I don't think it was like a conscious like I want to be Lois Lane. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time like seeing this strong independent female like who can go out in the workforce and like get her own job and like doesn't necessarily like need a guy or doesn't need, you know like she's doing her own thing. I yeah, think yeah. that stayed with me. Um, yeah, and it's great that you you don't know that that is that could be any other way cuz you're a kid and that's great. Exactly. Yeah. Like you see I feel bad because there's, I mean, there were a lot of good shows in the 90s, I think, that started portraying females sure, sure. Um, better than they were. But we mentioned yeah. Buffy earlier. Yes, like, like Buffy. Buffy. Yeah. I used to watch Ally McBeal. I could, whole, <laughs> I could do a whole podcast on Buffy. Oh, man. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Ally McBeal is one I didn't see, but uh, I was so mad. And now she's Cat Grant on, on Supergirl. So. Oh, my gosh. Cat. Let's talk about Cat Grant. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh my god, I love Cat. She's the she best. She's the gossip so columnist. So funny. Yeah, and I I was reading, you probably know this better. I guess she was a newer character at the time mm-hmm. that this started. Sure, sure. With like in the John Byrne stuff. Yeah, from the Man of Steel reboot from the 90s. Yeah. yeah so she but she's like it's so funny to see like her being the antithesis of Lois cuz mm-hmm. she's like She's like in like cat suits and like weird like she wears the weirdest stuff to the office where you're like, How are you allowed to do that? Yeah, like, yeah. And sometimes it's like literally she just looks like she's in a bra and I'm like, How what? Like who yeah, what she writes did the, she get dressed? The nightlife beat and she like often makes the stories. She's like, This guy cheated on his wife because it was with me. Like right. so funny. And then she tries to like hit on Clark, but Clark is just like, I'm not like I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> she's I like, dude, I'm giving you it on a silver platter and he's like uh, it's very I'm just Kansas. a Kansas boy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then you like look at like Calista Flockhart and Supergirl, and it's like night and day of like who these people are, which is so cool though. But like, I feel like Calista Flockhart is like the end yeah, of that journey. Very much so, yeah. Where like this was like the beginning of Cat Grant. Yeah, yeah. And you're seeing her origin story in a weird way. Yeah, it's it's Cat Grant begins. <laughs> they should retitle it and put it out. Cat <laughs> right? Grant begins. Yeah, it's, I think it's uh, the idea is that she used to think that's what she had to be in order to be a journalist like this is what a girl writes about and that's why she and Lois butted heads because Lois writes about real serious topics yes and she's like oh you've defined a space for yourself and I didn't know that was possible I kind of hate you but I don't know that about myself and later on in the Supergirl story she's like she becomes her role model or she becomes her her uh Lois Lane her her you know right rival her rival now she's got like an empire of you know And and there's so it's funny because in a couple of the episodes later in season one, too, I don't know, like if it's resolved later in the series, but there are a couple like really serious moments for her in Mm. particular where you're just like, where did that come from? Like there's one moment there's an episode where there's a meteor that's about to hit Earth as Mm. there often is in these shows where Superman (laughs) has to threat. Yeah. 
take on the meteor and win. Um, but like in, a, in a pre 9-11 world, they're like, meteor is the worst thing that could yes. ever happen to us. Like, yeah. when did Armageddon come? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> and so she has this moment where like everyone else thinks it's the end of the world and they all have these people that they're like with. And like, mm-hmm. if this is it, like I want to be with the people I love. And like she keeps trying to like get people to spend that night with her and like no everyone else has their own plans so and their sad. own family and she ends up going to like um she goes to a church in the confessional and she's just like she has this like real serious moment where she's like i just you know like i'm sorry for all these things that i've done and like i just want you know like love like everybody else and, oh, and then man. she tries to like hit so on happy. the priest but like you know like it, so it's still cat grant but it's yeah there's you definitely see she's going somewhere i yeah. don't know if they complete that within this series but I like to think that she ends that. on Supergirl that way. Yeah, that's so great. And that's, that's a Superman story, right? That he inspires people to be their best version of themselves, whatever that is. Yes. And everyone in his life is affected by, like like I said, like his optimism and his, yeah. you know, want to do good and be better. So. Very good. And that worked for us for sure in reality. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Superman. Best story ever. Yeah. So you'd recommend this series to, to new, if people haven't seen it before? I think I would. When I started watching it, I was like, oh, God, this, the, the effects are so dated now and everything, like, the clothes are so dated. like <laughs> The shoulder pads and stuff. Yeah. And, like, the super, like, if you're just tuning in to watch, like, a good superhero, like, you want to see great action sequences and stuff like that, then I wouldn't say this is a show for you. If you're looking for, like, UFC-level fights, don't yes, watch this like, show. It's definitely a show. Watch opera. Man of Steel and you'll have, like... And half an hour of great action at the end, I guess, <laughs> yeah. that you're craving. That you can forget. Tied you over forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you want four years of drama and pathos, yes. you should watch this for sure. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's just for, like, females either. Not like, at all. I love this. Yeah. And I was a little boy when I saw this. I was, like, a little bit older than you are, and, and I loved it. And, like, it never occurred to me that it was, like, a just a Lois Lane story. It's an ensemble cast. It's amazing. Yes. And, like, it is. it does have those, like, rom-com-y aspects to it, but so it's not about everything? that. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, it's a, it's a story about people, so. So. I'd say it's it's less like rom commy than Smallville. I would say that's well. I I can't say <laughs> I guess, but from what I hear, I think that's true. <laughs> I think it has real stories, and you said the, like the emotional centers of, of the characters are very accurate and they're very believable. So it's it's a compelling yes, story, and that that I feel like always holds up when when you can like care about the characters still mm-hmm. after like years of changes to the television, and like now we've got shows like Game of Thrones and things that are just like crazy like levels above something like this like yeah, yeah. but if you can go back and like the characters are still really well thought out and their banter is still fun and the dialogue is great like those things hold up in the show so i would say then yes you should watch it me too especially for lois fans too do you happen to ever watch any of the george reeves black and white stuff i didn't so that was great i used to work, live in uh, tucson arizona and i worked at a comic book store where i did like marketing and stuff and uh, noelle neal lives there who's the first lois lane and she came to my store to do a signing, and we had like the Girl Scouts give her like a thank you letter for saving the world. It was really Aww, cute. Oh, that's adorable. But she talked about at that event how like she used to get death threats because Lois Lane, being a single woman working at the newspaper and like occasionally wearing pants and like all of these things, were like very, very subversive uh, oh things back in, when she was being Lois. So to have Lois's name like first on a property and have a show kind of following Lois Lane even more than Clark sometimes like would have never happened back then. Like she got legitimate death threats. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I so love Lois Lane character. Seeing... You know what's cool is she ends up playing Lois's mom. Yeah. In this show. So awesome. that must have been like a night, like, yeah, to come see this full circle and how like things have changed must have 
been awesome for her. Yeah. And again, it's Superman leading the way and making the story. You know, it's funny going off of like the um, the death threat thing, like because I did used to watch some of the old uh, Superman cartoons from like the 40s. Oh, the Fleischer stuff. Yeah, those are great. Because I had like, obviously I was not alive at the time, (laughs) but um, I had like a really old tape of like classic cartoons with like random stuff like like Betty Boop and like Popeye. Yeah, they're public domain, those cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. And so I used to watch that all the time and I was... um, not that long ago, I remember seeing one again, and she is this, like, the way that you would think Lois Lane back then would have been portrayed, like, you would think, like, oh, okay, she's a reporter, but, like, she's probably still, like, the woman, and, yeah. like, you know, she was, like, just as awesome in that as she was in this, and yeah, so I was, in like, the 40s. yeah, like, what, that must have been such a revolutionary thing for people to see and be, like, I don't know, like, yeah, how yeah. did they get away with that at that time, you know, like. That's so cool. I always want to like fist fight people who don't like Lois Lane because the the misconception of her is that she always gets in trouble and the Superman saves her. But her character is that she will die for truth. She's a real hardcore journalist. Like she believes in what she's doing, and she always, she rushes in headstrong and, and and like head first into, into situations that are potentially lethal. And she knows that ahead of time and does not expect to be saved and doesn't care and is willing to die for what's right. And Superman saves her, and it's a bonus. Yes. But she would, she'll would, she die for what's right any day of the week, no questions asked. Right. She's not this, like, damsel in distress that yeah. most superhero, like, most love interests of superheroes tend to be. She's not Mary Jane, who's the supermodel that Peter Parker gets to yes. date for no reason, <laughs> even though he's, like, a 16-year-old nerd. She, yeah, she's, she's even more heroic in Superman because she's not bulletproof. And she jumps in front of guns all the time. And that's actual bravery. Mm-hmm. So in this, yeah, she's even braver than Clark is. And I love that about the character. Yeah, because Clark doesn't have, like, Clark Clark could be brave because he doesn't have to worry about yeah. dying. Whereas, like, He'll Lois is, like, I just need to do this for, you know, because it, it, I'm compelled to reveal the truth about a wrong that's happening. And, you know, it's so much harder for her to make that choice. Yeah, it's her duty for so. truth, justice, in the American way. Oh, she's such a great character. All right. And on that... I think we'll end this episode of the podcast. This is great, awesome. Celeste. Thank, Thank you so much you for coming for on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, totally. This was so much fun. So you, uh, where are you online if people want to find you? I know you're writing a comic right now that sounds great. I am. And you're doing um, all kinds of crazy stuff. So where can people follow up with you and give uh, you death threats? And give me, oh, please don't do for that. For being a strong woman. <laughs> um, I guess my Twitter, uh, Celeste Marie 14 You want to spell um, it? It's C-E-L-E-S-T-E-M-A-R-I-E 14. Um, working on getting a website up actually right now, but cool. don't have it yet. But uh, well, on look Twitter, out for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, feel free to feel free to follow me, or let's all talk about Superman or some other cool, strong yeah. leading females and genre shows. Hell yeah! And we'll uh, we'll pitch our Buffy podcast. <laughs> yeah, great. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, thanks, Liz. <laughs> Thank you. And see you guys next time. Ooh, super friends with Eric Esquivel.